My people, my people, what up, the hell? want to welcome you to episode 13, lucky number 13, Friday the 13th, even though it ain't Friday, of the Fishbowl Podcast. You know who it is. It's everybody's favorite asshole. Here is my sis, Top Boogie. What up, sis? Hey, family. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, it's, it is uh, Father's Day Sunday, so I want to send a special happy Father's Day shout out to not only all the great fathers out there, but to my father. The Lord. <laughs> um, happy Father's Day to you as well. And happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there who actually take care of their kids. Yeah. Shout out. And we see you, black men. We see you. Most definitely. I mean, we don't get as much love as the mothers get on Mother's Day, but that's a whole nother discussion for a whole nother day. Um, maybe we'll get into it today. We'll see. How you, how you been? Um, I have actually been amazing. I, I am living my best blessed life right now. How about yourself? You know me. You know me. Just work. I actually got a day off, and I took the time to do more work. I uh, did work around the house today, so, you know, did a little drywall. Um, you living in an apartment. You ain't put, drywalled nothing. Put, put a couple cabinets up, built a staircase. <laughs> I'm sure you did not do that. And if you did, whoever's house you broke into to do it is going to be highly upset. We'll see. We'll see. So let's see what our first topic is on the fish out of the fishbowl for today. Oh, so this one is a homegrown crime that happened right here in our small town of Bowling Green, Kentucky. That's your small town of Bowling Green, Kentucky. I don't live there. You went to high school here, too, even though you went to the white high school on the white side. I'm joking. <laughs> you went to uh, the rich high school. Your high school had all the rich kids. I did, and that's why I can read. Well, they also had a whole hallway full of farm animals at your school. That oh, never yeah. actually happened. It's a rumor all over. When I growing up, I always heard this rumor that your high school had this hallway that was like FDA hallway, which is the farm or future farm. No, hallway. it's FFA, and yeah. we did have an FFA hallway, but they didn't have animals in it. It's just like where all the people who were in FFA's lockers were. For some reason, they got a special hallway where their lockers were. Well, the so rumor went that there was they, no animals, like who, kept like farm animals in this. In this hallway. It, that, that, listen, my school was a lot of things, but we did not have live animals in the school. Or at least not in the hallways. Now, the gym, okay. I can't account for what they did in there. Okay, so here in Bowling Green, uh, a young man, young white Caucasian male, um, he was just sentenced to shock probation after committing a homicide. The story goes, they were frat boys, um, they got into a disagreement, then they said they were joking around. Uh, he went to the room and got a shotgun. The shotgun. He said the shotgun mistakenly went off, hit his friend in the leg, which uh, for those who don't know, the thigh has major arteries in it, the kid bled out, the kid passed away. Young man goes to jail, young man gets out on shot probation. What do you think? <laughs> oh, Lord. There's a lot to unpack with this. There's a whole lot to unpack with this. He he literally killed somebody. 
Um, so he he was a student of Western Kentucky University, um, go Hilltoppers. He was sent. He pled to reckless homicide, sentenced to four years in jail. He's only served 125 days. Um, What I think about this is there is a lot to unpack with this because the prosecutor's office did not want him to receive shock probation because of the seriousness of the crime. But ultimately, it was left up to. Um, the judge, and this was a decision that they made. Um, I oftentimes feel like young, there's no other way for me to say this, but white, fair-skinned people get away with serious crimes that when black children are sentenced or are killed in the street for playing with toy guns, there's a lot to unpack with this, and Frankly, I just watched the the movie about the Central Park Five, and I I don't have it. What what do you think about it today? Okay, so there's a little more to this story. Um, not only did the judge grant shot probation, but the judge was um, I don't know if it was the judge, DA, who said it. Um, someone also made the comment that one young man lost his life. They don't want two to lose it, meaning. Four years in his serving his rightful time of years in jail um, was going to affect his life majorly. Um, and the reason that there is more to this story, and our the city uh, the city's African American community is kind of in an uproar uproar is because um, not too long ago, it's maybe a year year and a half, a young man named Cameron Buckner and his friend they were at a park, they got into a fight. Um, Cameron Buckner is African-American, by the way. Uh, the friend is a white male. Uh, Cameron Buckner pulled a gun and shot the white male. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I could be right, I could be wrong. I think, I'm um, pretty sure Cameron Buckner shot him in the head. The male lived. Cameron Buckner is p- currently serving prison time. Um, the reason the African-American community is in an uproar here about this is because not only did both, did the white male who lived say it was a mistake, the white male who lived and his parents dropped the charges and the state picked it up. Not only did the white male who lived say a mistake and his parents dropped the charges, they're also advocating as well as the community is advocating for Cameron Buckner to be granted with some sort of sock probation. Because in this case, they're saying in the case of this, uh, the white male who received shock probation, it was said that they don't want two kids to lose their lives over this. Yet Cameron Buckner is currently in jail, and this is affecting his life over this. So to me, that was them saying that this life mattered more than that one, especially when the young male that it happened to in the Cameron Buckner case is advocating for his release. I completely agree. Um, I think we would be remiss if we didn't let our family know exactly what shock probation was. I didn't even know that this was an option until this. the two, I read about these two cases, but shock probation is um, a policy in which a judge orders a convicted offender to prison for a short period of time and then suspends the remainder of the sentence in favor of probation. Um, basically, it's, they, it's supposed to be used to deter people 
from wanting to go to prison. If they say, like, if we put them in there for a short period of time, maybe they'll learn their lesson. So that's what shock probation is. I think it's an absolute atrocity um, that there are such clear lines being drawn as far as color goes in this country. Um, it's not something that just started. It, I'm, and I'm kind of sad that we're starting the podcast off with such a heavy topic. Um, it's not something that, um, it, it's been around for a long time. It really makes, it's disgusting the, the way that this legal system in America works. I think it's disgusting that this judge actually okayed for him to have um, shock probation when he, he very clearly killed someone. Um, and the the justification that they used for him to be a candidate for shock therapy was that he lacked a criminal history, he had a strong support system, and he also accepted responsibility for his crime, which I'm sure that the black, what was his name, Cameron Harris? Cameron Buckner. Cameron Buckner, sorry. Um, I'm sure that he has the very same um, qualifications, but yet he has not, he was denied for the very same thing. I It's it's atrocious to me. I really, I, this is not, I, I feel like I say this every week, but this is not a good look for America as usual. If I'm not mistaken, Cameron Buckner was only 18 and I think he had graduated or was about to graduate high school. Like I, I it's alarming how quick the American judicial system is to um, throw away the lives of black people and black children. Like, it's, it's crazy to me. Um, I, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy that this isn't alarming to us anymore. That this young man, uh, probably was more well off than Cameron Buckner, so he got a different treatment. Of course, and that, that, to me, it seems to be the way that it always goes. Like, money will buy your way out of anything in the world. Or and the young, I'm sorry, but the young man, let's, let's not not mention the young man in question's name. His name is Peter Gall. Peter Gall murdered a friend and was granted shot probation. Let's call it what it is. Cameron Buckner went up for shot probation and was denied that same right at the age of 18, the right to reclaim his life and make amends for the mistake that he had made. He's made amends with a friend. He's made amends with the family. And there, them and the community is asking for him to be granted this same permission, yet he's not, and it's not right. I absolutely agree. I can only hope that um, something happens in our judicial system that can change or correct some of these racial discrepancies because these things further divide this country and then people want to pretend like there's no racism when it's inherent and it's everywhere. Like, this is crazy to me that we're, again, I say this all the time, we're in 2019 and we're still experiencing these things. It, you're right. You're right. And <laughs> It's crazy to say, but it, it makes it feel less and less like 2019 every day when stuff like this is going on in America. Um, let's move on to another topic, uh, a lighter topic. 
a little bit heavier, but a little bit lighter, depending on how it came out. A trapeze artist with diarrhea <laughs> shit on 23 people. Thoughts? <laughs> All I know is if I was one of the people that was in the crowd and accidentally got splashed with some of that, um, I, I would have started a riot literally start like I probably would have punched a whole bunch of people in the face. This is unacceptable. My I think I'm weird. So the first thing that starts firing off in my head, as you know, is like all the weird questions that nobody's asking. Like first thing I ask myself is like what the fuck did he eat? And then I start coming up in my head with like, well maybe he ate some collard greens before going out there and he did and then I and then I thought in my head like okay he did that but what aerial move was he doing when the shit started flying out? Like, was it a, a back tuck triple somersault or some shit like that? And next thing you know, shit is just flying out of his asshole. And then tra- I know trapeze artists wear tighter clothes. So how bad was it that it leaked through his clothes? It, it had to be a massive shit. I... I just couldn't fucking imagine. I I don't I don't even have the words to explain how upset I would be and how disturbed I am that this actually happened to somebody. Like you know before you climb that ladder if you having a good stomach day or a bad stomach day, brosis. Usually when I wake up in the morning, I can tell, yo, I might want to go light today and have like some lettuce and maybe some pineapple, or I'm going to have a cheeseburger if I'm having a good stomach day. He had to know before he climbed that ladder that his stomach was not right and that there was a possibility, a possibility that he could shit on somebody. He had to know. It's not the same for me. Um, I shit, my ass works on a schedule. Um, I shit every day around 8 o'clock. Um, Every day, no matter what, if I'm at work, wherever I'm at, I shit every day around 8 o'clock. And since I travel for work, um, depending on the day of the week that it is, I have certain bathrooms that I make sure I'm at when I'm taking my I was about to say, are you shitting in the woods, bro? No, it's certain, like, customer bathrooms that I make sure I'm at when I'm taking my shits because some are nicer than others. Like, it's this one uh, bathroom on Friday, and for some reason they have, like, elevator music playing in the bathroom. And it's it's like really like it's like really calming. No, I've, and that's one thing I've never had to like pull over in the middle of driving and like take a shit real bad or anything like. You that. have you have your shit smacked out all across Kentucky. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah and I'm I'm dropping I, I, my shit coming city near you like. <laughs> for real. like all, well, all summer 2019, nigga, I'm dropping dumps, deuces. So, so what you're saying is, as long as there's not a show schedule for one of your designated poop times, you would be fine. Yeah, I'd be perfect. Like it doesn't matter what I eat. Like I have, except one time where I ate um, some leftover food that I had put in the microwave. That was a fucking mistake, and I'm I'm pretty sure like every fluid in my body was just out. Like it just. You're not I get so weak in the knees, I can hardly, like, it was that, it was bad. 
I'm pretty sure that's still in content and nobody wants to hear you sing. Let's just make that perfectly clear. I just feel like, I just feel, but like you said, people know when they have to poop. I feel like before he went up there, he could have gave somebody a warning or said, hey, you know, to his brother or somebody else, can you fill in for me? I got to go take a massive dump. Like, it's not worth it. He took a risk and he failed. That's how I feel about it. He failed epically. Like, <laughs> shit on 23 people, bro. Like, that had to be, like, a shower shit. And that's why I think he was doing the area you move, because say he does two backflips, that means it's going to spray in all directions. He does I know. Two backflips, and then he does three spins. But that's, you have to think, you, like, he uses, all bases. you use a lot of stomach muscles when you're doing trapeze work. So and, and Just imagine how it shot out. Once he no, I'm not going to imagine anything. So, okay, this is my question. Let's say you were at this show in the audience. You are number 22 out of 23 people that has officially been shat on. What could they give you to make it right? Not a damn uh, elephant. You have to give me a whole <laughs> elephant. And that's, because, that's because elephants are majestic fucking animals. You have to, like, I, I would have to be gifted an African fucking elephant with ivory still attached because <laughs> elephants are majestic and I love elephants. I grew up to learn to love elephants because for some reason my mother has a weird obsession with elephants. She does. She does. So where you would have to get me elephant? an elephant. I don't know where the fuck they're going to get the elephant from. I don't care where they get the elephant from, but you would have to gift me an elephant for me to even be able to, to comprehend what the fuck just it's, it's on me right now. I mean, I'll get shit on by birds, but being shit on by human is two totally different things. And adult human is that, because I've been shot on by babies before, but you a grown-ass man, bro. There's, like, literally undigested corn in this poop. I can't take yeah, it. Like, and that's the thing. The older you get, people think the babies have bad shit. No. The older you get, the worse your shits get, because old people have the worst, the absolute worst shit. The worst they smell and the worst they get. Do you just walk around smelling old people's shit all the time? Like, is that something I you just, do? I just know. I'm actually, I, for a long time, uh, when I was, like, in high school, I was actually terrified of old people. I, sometimes I wonder about you, and we're going to have to discuss why you were terrified of old people at some point. Okay, quick story. Um, my mother has, my mother's worked in nursing homes almost all of her life. So, we're at, I'm at her nursing home. I'm sitting in the car waiting for her to come out. It's this old lady. Well, for one, I used to go in there. would always be this old lady that hissed at me. She would, like, growl and, like, like whenever you walk past her. So that right there just scared the fuck out of me. Well, one day she's standing outside, and my mom walks into work, and the lady starts to come towards the car. And I know you. she heard it because when you're coming towards the car and someone locks the doors, you can hear the doors click. I locked the fucking doors, but really, after I locked the doors, the lady raises up a pin because my mom had dropped the pin, flicks me off, and walks back in the fucking building. I'm sorry, I'm not, y'all, I'm not laughing at the old lady. I'm just laughing at how fucking ridiculous my brother is. So, you were scared of old people because the old lady hissed at you in the nursing home one day? She's doing all the fucking <laughs> She's doing all the fucking time. Every time I went in there, the old lady was, it was just like she knew the days 
that I was going to walk through the building. She would hear that. And so you were scared of all old people. Mostly her, but yeah, I was a little scared of all old people in her homes. Yeah. Okay. Well, from now on, I know that that's one of your triggers. Yeah, it is. An uh, old person fucking hears it at me. I'm I, old enough now to where I'm just probably gonna punch her in the face if I saw her again. No, seriously can't. though, if, if I know she'll never hear this, but I want to send a public apology to that old lady because she really was just trying to help me out by handing me the pen. And I want to tell my mother to be more careful because you shouldn't have dropped the pen. That situation should never happen. I was a kid. I should never have been put in a situation. She put me in a situation where I had to make a choice. And that choice was this old lady opening the car door, hissing at me and licking my face or locking the fucking door. And for some reason, that was like my worst case scenario. Why did you think she was going to lick your face? Like, is that? I thought she was just going to, like, come at me and knock on the door and try to, like, open the door and do something weird. Like, I freaked the fuck out. Let's just call a spade a spade. I freaked out. I locked the door on the old lady. She didn't like it. She flicked me off. And she kept the pen. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I I can't with you anymore. I'm I'm officially cracked up. And you do tell the best stories. Just so you know. <laughs> so, we're going to go ahead. I'm sorry to get off topic, guys. We're going to move on to As the usual. Topic. As usual. So, the next topic is a federal court judge has ruled that the U.S. government can be sued in the case of the Flint water crisis. Show me the money. Show me the motherfucking money in my Cuba Gooding Jr. voice. Show me the money. Um, I'm excited about this. I am absolutely hoping that they award $6 billion to those people because there is no quantifying how much they lost because we don't even know yet. They, They live without water since 2014. That's five years um, of people using contaminated water to bathe, cook, um, drink, surviving on bottled water, um, trying to get as much of it as they possibly can. Um, I'm absolutely excited about this. I'm glad that the courts did the right thing. Um, But I did also see that the state of Michigan has dropped the charges against all of the state officials, all 15 of them, which kind of made me celebrating being able to sue the state bullshit because nobody will ever go to jail for this. Um, I'm I'm excited for it, but at the same time, um, it is an ugly. It, it is the the middle ground. I feel like we are at a climactic moment for an ugly truth uh, in American history. Um, and I think at the end of the day, this is what that should be remembered as. This is a part of American history. And I think when you look at how Americans treat Americans and how, and this is a perfect example of something that our government will do. Um, it was and still is a humongous fuck up. Uh, a humongous fuck up and cover up that the government is, still has their their dirty hands in. I mean, and it's ugly. And we can't forget that 
this is as 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 much as we all love Barack Obama, he had this happened under his eye, and there was nothing done about it. I completely agree. Um, I think that this was one of the grossest lapses in the American governmental system that I have seen in my 33 years on this planet. Um, I'm, I'm utterly disgusted by the way that Americans treat Americans and the way that our government is currently being handled and run. Um, I just feel like I'm disappointed. I wanted to. I wanted to see the people in charge pay. What What really pisses me off is that, that Kwame Kilpatrick is sitting in jail. Why aren't any of these people going to jail? Honestly, I feel like that this was such a big blunder that nobody wanted to take blame for it, and it was one of those things that as you know, people can say something about it, but as long as we don't say something about it, we can sweep it under the rug and act like it never happened. Because this was a huge fucking blunder. Yeah, I completely agree. I, but I, I'm tired of cover-ups. Like, I'm absolutely sick of them. Like, how long can we go on like this as a country? And how the fuck are we supposed to be the moral compass of the world when we have shit like this going on in our own countries, like how can we talk about what happens in the Sudan and what happens in Syria and girls being able to go to school and other people having child marriage and Muslims believing this and other people and Chinese people doing that when we as a country, our soul is fucking black. Like how? I don't understand. And it always has been, and that's the thing about it. America, the shady backroom deals, the conspiracies, the cover-ups, we operate in a dark space, and then when stuff comes to light, their whole thing is, shit, someone turn the lights on, just turn it back out and pretend it didn't happen. It's like, I, I don't even know what a fucking analogy to use that I can, that is comparable to. Yeah, I I don't know if anything in history has ever happened like this um, that's documented in history books that we can learn from, but I really honestly feel like we're going down a really shit road that we're not going to be able to come back from for a while. Um, My best hope for this is that these people hire a great lawyer um, because they are will be going to the American government. I agree. And that justice is served in a swift and timely fashion because we know that the Native Americans still have the longest standing lawsuit in American history that is still on the Supreme Court's desk to this day. That is That has been unresolved for hundreds of years. And I don't want to see a case like that where a generation from now that the government has dragged it, drug this out for so long. Like At the end of the day, um, the Native Americans, the, uh, the people in Flint, these are our people. And I think to embrace our people, you embrace your mistakes. You own up to it, and you move on from it. And you try to, you do, you, you strive to do better. But we can't do that if we're there. The government is always pushing and pulling with us. 
I absolutely agree. Um, I think that it's about time for um, things to change, and that's why I think it is very important. Um, of all the topics that we've talked about, one thing that keeps popping in my head is that it's really important to vote in your local elections because these are the people that we're electing. The people who were in charge of the Flint water crisis, those are locally elected officials. Um, the people, the judge who gave that guy shock probation, locally elected officials. You need to know who you're, who is running your city because these people are not rep representing your what, what you need. They're just, they're just not. They're not representing you at all. And I think a big part of that is that people don't vote. People are disinterested. We have to vote too fucking much for one thing. Like, I feel like every year it, we're voting on something, you know? Um, it's set up that way on purpose. Um, by making people vote every year, people get tired of going to the polls, less people will vote. You lose interest in better, it. Yeah, better chance that they get to put a fucktard in office like we have here in Kentucky, like Matt Bevin. Oh, God. And didn't y'all just re-elect? No, they just re-decided to let him run as a Republican, non whatever. That has less to do with nothing than what we're talking about. I'm just saying, um, get out and vote, people. It's important, um, not just the national elections, but your actual local elections are very important because that's, how we got here is people being disinterested in what's really going on in our country. Very true. Take your ass to the polls. Not the strip polls, the actual voting polls. People. Right. If you work in a strip club, go to those polls too. Then go to the voting polls. <laughs> so, you ready? I'm always ready. We'll you draw another topic, and the next topic is dating. Ooh, ooh, I was excited about this one. I wanted to have a conversation. Go ahead. Um, Let's hear So I've been reading a lot online lately about dating. I am um, opening up to love and all that good, juicy stuff. And I want to know, so my first question that I kind of came across in the last couple weeks is, let me hear your definition of dating. What does that mean? I'm old. Going steady. What is going steady, though? Give Break it down for me. Means I give, it means I give you a sheet of paper that says yes, nor maybe, and you circle yes. And I, I carry your books home from school, and we hold hands, and we sit together at lunch, and I walk you from your locker to your classes. Okay, so does dating mean that you're exclusive with someone? Yeah, uh, no, it does not. Um, I was just kidding. Dating does not mean you're exclusive. There are different types of dating, I think. I think, honestly, your type of dating is all going to depend on what you allow and what you're looking for. Okay, I think that's a really good answer. So um, what is your type of dating is what okay, I'm asking. So in my past, as you both, we both know, um, I'm a decent-looking guy, great person. Yeah, Great personality. I'm like an ugly fine. Like, on a good day, I'm like, you know, fresh haircut and everything. Like, I'm pulling your chick. Plus, you know, my mouthpiece slicker than fish grease. I, I came up off the room. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. So, this speech I've heard so many times. Came off the room, hit the ground, running. So, um, no, seriously, though, um, 
I was what my sisters like to call a serial dater. Like, I just, I would go on dates all the fucking time, would I not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So I picked up, like, tricks of the trade, stuff like that. And um, I dated, but I was one of those daters that even though, you know, sex doesn't have to be involved, but one thing that I did is I left, I never, like, dated someone and closed all other parties off and like when I dated when I was like really like into the dating scene I left it open for anybody like I was going to date with one girl you know we text we talk and I would do it with other girls not do it not do it <laughs> I would that's literally what you mean though no it's not I would date other girls while I was texting her and stuff like that, like in the getting to know each other stage. Um, for one, it's because I felt like I was, it was something I was looking for that I hadn't found yet uh, from these girls or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But I felt like it was something I looked, and then it's weird because I, I know that when I always find the right girl, I cut everybody else off. And I hadn't done that yet, so I kept my mind open not to mention, um, people. I was. I'm honest. I'm a very honest person. So I would tell girls that. Um, some liked it, some didn't. Uh, but that's how my cookie crumbles, I guess. So what you're saying is dating is not being exclusive, but seeing multiple people at one time. I don't oh, feel that's like not what I'm saying. I, I said that it depends on. People date different ways. It depends on what you're looking for. I know people who weren't mostly exclusive with me, but yet we, you know, we would still date. We would still hang because I feel like okay. The re- the main reason I did that is because I feel like it was more important for us to develop a solid foundation. Let's be friends first. So then, where does the idea? Because what I see happening a lot nowadays is I'm talking to somebody. We meet, we have sex, and then we're exclusive. There's never any dating phase. The biggest problem with that is you don't get to know someone. The second biggest problem with that is most of the time when that happens, sex is the thing that decides whether they're exclusive or not. Like there is, it's kind of an unwritten rule. Nobody ever actually says we're dating, and that's a problem. Okay, so if if people don't traditionally date anymore, do people still go out on dates, or is everything just Netflix and chill now? No, people. What people? How old are you, bro? People still traditionally date. Like I said, it just depends on the person. I don't know anybody who's going out on real dates though. Like I know people who are literally Netflixing and chilling. Okay. Honestly, to be 100% honest, I'm going to be honest with y'all, the whole Netflix and chill aspect. Okay, so for example, um, my lady now. Do she mind you telling y'all's business? She don't. Uh, When we met, she had a son. She has a son. Do she mind you telling her business? If she does, I'll fight her. Okay, well, good luck. She has a son. She she also works multiple jobs. I work multiple jobs. So, um, 
it was hard for us to figure out a time to where we could get our first date in. So we would, you know, we we just text all the time um, until we're in, you know, because she has a son, I have to respect that. He has things that he needs done from her. She has things that she needs done. So I had to wait until my time came to where she could make time for me to be able to take her on that date. So we did. We hung out a couple of times. There was never any sex involved, anything like that. Um, we just, we, we, it was, it was kind of our way of working around it. Um, and then I finally got, I was able to take her on that date and, you know, woo her a little bit and it worked. And here we are now. <laughs> Still do traditionally dates. Um, I know a lot of guys, like a lot of my guy friends. I know I have guy friends who date differently, and that's why I say that. I date differently. Um, I date differently than they date. Um, I have friends who want to Netflix and chill only, and that's their idea of a date, something at the crib, chilling at home. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. It honestly all just depends on the girl. And I think it's that getting to know someone phase where you know what they're looking for and what they want and how they will perceive you doing that with them. This is what I'm saying, though. I have guy friends who Netflix and chill. I have mm-hmm. guy friends who do coffee dates so they don't have to spend an absurd amount of money. And then I have friends who try to ball out and woo chicks that they're just meeting. It all just depends. That That's my next question. You That was a perfect segue. Thank you for that. Um, so I saw a debate online about guys who don't want to pay to go on dates. They want to go... Let's go sit in the park. Let's go to the park in my John Legend voice. Um, they want to go to a coffee place and just sit and talk. Uh, and girls are complaining about that. So what do you think about the idea of the free date? I've, I've done free dates. So you're cool with the free date? Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, a park is mostly a more intimate setting. You know, you guys can sit on a bench. You guys can walk. Movies is a terrible date. A coffee shop's the same way. It gives you a chance to have that communication that some other dates may take away. And you're like, it's not you, all right, um, it's not you taking, it's not you showing your wealth on a date to get to know that person. It's you showing who you are. So, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with the free date. Some bougie girls might, but I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a girl to a park or a coffee shop. Now, I understand if it's a, a shawty, you know what I'm saying, come take, take, you know, come chill at the crib or whatever. Uh, I mean, it just depends on the girl, man, honestly. Like, some girls are okay with, you want to go for a ride with me, you know, let we'll, you drive, put on some music and talk. I've done that before. Like, Literally, we've I've I've had dates where at night because I'm a night driver. For those who don't know where night drivers are, night drivers are people who love to listen to music at night in the car, and that's just how they find their groove. It's peaceful, it's relaxing. Like I'm a night driver, so sometimes I'll literally just go on like a twenty thirty minute drive around town, listen to my music, just you know, just just chilling. Like so, there's nothing. I I, I just don't think there's anything wrong with the people date differently. Different girls are okay with different things. Some girls are bougie. It depends on where you're from, who you like, you know, who your peoples is. Oh, it's so many different factors that go into dating that I don't think 
one woman speaks for all women when she says she doesn't like that. I completely agree. I'm just trying to, you know, see where, get a male perspective on some of these things. Because sometimes, you know, the internet is very female opinion ridden. So you don't always, the men's opinions don't necessarily shine through as much. And and it, it, it is girls out there who, I mean, it is guys out there who are just there to fuck. And I pray that any woman that is in that situation is able to see it. That that this is what he's here for. He has no intentions on actually dating me, treating me with the respect that I deserve when it comes to whatever it is that we're doing or any of that. And I pray that that woman is able to see it. But all guys aren't like that. Literally, some guys are just taking their time to get to know you. I think, honestly, I feel like our friendship is more important than, than the meal that I would buy. So should the first date be a free date? Honestly, um, I know a lot of people, especially online daters. Um, I was an online dater, like Tinder and stuff like that. You can meet, you know, you meet people like that. And I've met some great people. I'm still friends with some of those people. But um, I know a large. Did you say that's weird? I did. Because you you notice that you're not, you know, compatible in one way, but you guys are can't be compatible in another. That's weird because you become. Yeah, I start talking to people. Yes, that's weird. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I know a lot of people, especially like women who date online for their safety reasons. They meet in public spaces in the daytime at coffee shops and stuff like that. Just not only is it an easier icebreaker, but it's in a public space. It's in the daytime. It's somewhere where you can get to know each other to see if you want to take that next step. Um, one thing that I noticed that our generation is doing is there t- a lot of people in our generation is doing, and I don't fault them for it, is before actually dating, which means, which I feel like that's a date, but before actually going out to the dinners and all that stuff, is they're taking an extra step. And I think that's because of the rise in online dating activity. So they take that extra step especially women, for precautious reasons, where they meet a guy that they've never met, you know, in a coffee shop or a public space like that to get to know him, to see where they want to go, have this guy come to their house and pick him up, you know, because it can be, some, these, some of this online dating stuff can be very dangerous. So I feel like that extra step is being taken um, with the online dating community especially. That's a very thought-out opinion. I think you surprised me there. Every now and then, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, this is an interesting topic, and I'm kinda, I kind of want to let you lead into it, and I want to hear your opinion first. So why don't you tell us about the Caucasian Panthers? Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So apparently there is this um, group called the Young Patriots organization that has established um, themselves within 16 states. And it goes all the way back to, you know, the Black Panther Party. They were a part of the Rainbow Coalition, and they're trying to reestablish themselves um, in the United States. They originally were headquarters in Chicago. I thought this was a really interesting story about how they are trying to um, kind of combat racism within the white community. Um, by 
being advocates for black people, but in the most um, unique ways, like the the guy was kind of, he considered himself a redneck, but who was doing anti-racism work to show other white people that that's not the only way that a redneck has to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it was kind of, it was, it's a kind of cool story and I can appreciate what they're doing. What do you think about it? Uh, honestly, I, I'm with anyone who's willing to stand hand in hand with me personally on this journey. So I'm, I'm for it. Um, I'm willing to stand hand in hand with anyone who is going to fight racism with me. And the guy who's founded this, he has a PhD in economics. He's a very smart guy. Um, and he actually follows the same bylaws that Fred Hampton followed. Um, and that's pretty much his hero. Is what I got from the article is that he's, he's doing this because he looked up to Fred Hampton as a leader in the community. And any, whatever, anything that can change the narrative and promote positivity and help people. I mean, they have opened up free clinics and all of this, all other sorts of things that are positives in their community. So I'm for it. Absolutely. I think this is 103% a great thing. Um, the only thing that I worry about with advocates to um, our causes is that Sometimes it seems like they're trying to come in and tell us how to fix our problems. So I just, I'm, I'm not saying that that's necessarily what he's trying to do. I'm just, I just want him to be careful of not doing that. Don't try to be the, the white savior to the black race. Like, um, be an advocate, but don't try to tell us what to, how to get there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, but I did, I did think it was an amazing. Um, initiative. I'm happy to see that they are trying to rebuild this organization. Now, I I do want you know the black community to restart the Black Panthers in a very big way. I think that um, they are much needed in this climate that we live in right now. So this is really exciting to me. Okay, so I'm going to move on. To the next topic is fucking I don't even know where to start. Um, a white woman named Lakeisha. Seen a recently published article about a white woman who has a what they want to call an ethnic name. Her name is Lakeisha Francis. And in the article, they go on. She goes on to talk about how when she says her name, people laugh, people look at her puzzled. Um, and she says it's exhausting to constantly explain herself to white people, even though you're white. The fuck? At least one to three times a week, someone is saying something about my name, says Lakeisha France, the 28-year-old bartender in a small town, Western Ohio. It can be exhausting constantly explaining yourself. I think Lakeisha needs to get over herself. And constantly explaining yourself to white folks just because they think you don't belong. So white and black folks, leave Lakeisha alone is what she's saying. I feel like they're, my name is Tashia. Um, Every day I have to explain my name to someone that I work with. Um, I have tried going by nicknames. I find no sympathy in this. Um, Black people name their children names that 
are unique to our culture. And I will never say that I dislike my name or that a black person should hide their name or change their name because they're ashamed of it. Because I think culturally, um, that's what makes us unique. Lakeisha, I don't know. I Maybe her mama just thought it was a pretty name. You know, black people can't have nothing. So I'm not surprised that there wasn't a follow-up Laquanda in the comments. Like, I feel you, girl. I got you, boo. You know, um, I, I don't have no sympathy for Lakeisha complaining about her name being hard. Like, if you don't like it, then change it to Susan. Like the fuck? Enough to legally change her name. Exactly. Pay the two hundred dollars and quit fucking complaining. Like you get no sympathy over here, honey child. Black women who have ethnic names are a lot of times more qualified, even overqualified for jobs they get turned down from just because their names are one thing. Yeah. My name is I'm black and my name is Billy. When I go on a job interview, you know what I put on my applications? I when they ask my race, I put nothing. I put choose not to disclose because once I walk into a room, you should see people's fucking faces and how surprised they am that a black man just walked in front of them. Now I have forced you to listen to me. Everyone doesn't get that opportunity. I completely agree. I don't get that opportunity. People know that I'm black, but just by the first two syllables of my name. Um, and then they don't even bother to say it correctly is what gets me. Um, I mean, you make fun of the name like Lakeisha, but then you have names like Jackson and Aiden. Exactly. Tyson and Kaysen and Inslee and... Hey, I like Inslee. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, some of the most plain names you ever heard in your life, but I just... Whatever. I have no sympathy in my heart for Lakeisha. Ray Lee. What the fuck kind of name is Ray Lee? And it's a girl. Her name is Ray Lee. Well, maybe her daddy's name was Ray. I mean, a name is a name, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, No matter how weird it is, a lot of parents, even the white parents, with the names that I they want to make their children Exactly. So, and it's a part of who you are. Your personality is not going to be like the next person. So, why not make the name unique? Exactly. Like, I want my children to have unique names that are all their own. And I'll, I'll be damned if anybody's going to make fun of them or make them feel weird about it. Because people name their kids Apple and Oyster and Ryder and you know any any fucking thing nowadays. I don't really feel like Lakeisha is all that bad, and I don't really feel like it's all that ethnic either. If you really want to know the truth about, it, just putting La in front of Keisha. I know plenty of white Keishas. Let me just make that clear. And that's why I had. I mean, that's why you have made a vow right here on our show um, to name your first daughter. I'm unique. I have not, and I will not. I'm you. M-A-U-N-E-E-K. I'm unique. You know what? You're more likely to have a baby before me, so I am definitely going to convince whoever your unfortunate baby's mama is 
Well, at the rate our younger siblings are going, it'll probably be one of them again. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. So let's put that one off on one of them. Okay. So let's move on to the next topic. Let's see what we got next in the fishbowl. Drake and the Toronto Raptors have won the NBA championship. And I, I'm pretty sure everyone's already tired of Drake. Let me just say that I wanted the Warriors to win. And I wanted them to win without Kevin Durant. Um, because I wanted everybody to know that they are still a championship team without him. Unfortunately, that did not happen. However, the second best part of the championship was fucking Drake. Like, he was hilarious. And he deserved that championship ring that they won. Because you know he's getting one, right? I think everybody is tired of Drake. Um, One of the things I found... Drake's just lame to me. Like, I love his music, but he just comes off as a fucking lame. Like, Drake was on the sideline. Okay, not only does Drake have a, a Kevin Durant and Steph Curry tattoo, and everybody knows that his motherfucker flip-flops teams every day. Um, but He's a serial he, flip-flopper. Everyone knows he, that. He was on the sideline with a jersey on with Under Armour up under the jersey. Like, nigga, are you about to play? Are you actually about to get chased into the game? He felt like he was. He was the sixth man. Most regular people, when they rock a jersey, they rock a beater up under it, or they just rock a t-shirt. No, Drake had fucking under. <laughs> Drake had <laughs> Under Armour on. He had to be super extra and go super hard for his team, Billy. He wanted Toronto to win, and after listening to Kawhi laugh, they deserved every. They deserved that win, bro. <laughs> Yo, like I listen to him laugh before every game, just just for fun. It's hilarious. And I honestly, I think the whole Drake dynamic was fun for the game. Um, that's one thing about it. Even though the NBA did ask him not to travel to Oakland for safety concerns for the last game, they wouldn't. Is that why he wasn't there? Yes, the last two games in Oakland, they asked him not to travel because of safety concerns. He oh. was doing a little too much on the sideline, though. Like, in the middle of the game where he walked over to the Raptors coach and casually gave him a back massage, I was like, okay, this, this, he got to sit the fuck down. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, why are you even in the coach's box? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not supposed to be beyond, but before the bench where the players are. Like, that's crazy. But he can do whatever he wants to do because, again, he's Drake. But I and agree. I can't take it seriously. Um, I can't even listen to like music where Drake's trying to be like too hard because I just remember him being in a wheelchair on Degrassi, and I know that that's wrong, but I I would never move past that. I'm willing to bet money that Drake is the whole centerpiece of the parade tomorrow. Oh, for sure, and then and he, he will be a trip ring. Didn't he release a new song? So I'm pretty sure he's he released three, but they were all, my opinion, they they subpar whack. They were subpar. Okay, bars. When when was the last? What was the last like actual bop that Drake released though? Like um, this last album didn't have one to me. Album before, honestly, the er, everything that had that Jamaican uh, reggae feel to it, pop style, one dance, 
uh, Blim. I love that. I honestly wish he would do a whole album like that. Well, I think he, he was supposed to be. Well, we're off topic anyway. Um, we're supposed to be talking about Toronto. But again, this is a Drake show, right? Drake so, is Toronto. so Drake is the topic. Um, yeah, I think his next album is supposed to be really heavily like reggae island influence. I hope so. I hope so. Um, so um, next is a heavier topic. Um, we both recently watched When They See Us. Uh, the Central Park Five documentary about five young males who were accused of raping a white, excuse me, five young black males who were accused of raping black a and Latino, black and Latino, excuse me, who were accused of raping a white woman who was jogging in Central Park. Um, that and it was devastating to say the least. It was a very emotional experience. I think it's a trial we knew about, but for them to be able to do this story and bring so much emotion to it and the way it pulled the fans in, um, the way it pulled the viewer in, I cried. I'm not going to seriously say that I did. It was a lot of it as a young black male was hard to watch because the whole time you're watching it, I'm a thirty, almost a thirty-year-old man, and the whole time I'm like, that this simple mistake that this, this simple mistake of just being in the park, is all these kids did. Nothing more. That could have been me. You know, I could have easily in my life been accused of something like that. And I think that's what a lot of black men got from. It. And I think black women watching it, um, they got that could be that that could be my child. Um, in the in the docket series, I think one mother uh, says that you think you're raising your kid right their whole life, and you turn your back for a split second. And that is the devastating view of what a lot of black mothers face. Yeah, unfortunately, you're absolutely correct. Uh, it was definitely a sobering tale, to say the least. And while I was watching it, I had the exact same thoughts like I have um I have seven brothers and it could have been any one of them, you know? Um it it was it was infuriating and emotional but what I'm gonna say because I did see a lot of people saying that this is trauma. Um it and it absolutely is. Um, I feel like I need a break after watching it. I told somebody on Friday that I, I put this I put off watching this for two weeks and I just watched it today because um I knew that I would have to still interact with people in my everyday life. Um and I knew that this would affect me. Um let me just say that I don't think that this I encourage people to watch it if you can. Um if you're not in to put yourself through any additional trauma then don't. But I will say that I don't think this was made for us. We know I, the story. I found I do. I knew I I knew the story before it happened. 
Um, but I found um, the the case of Corey Wise, who is the older of yeah. the five gentlemen, was the most devastating. I mean, this, to watch. this man did went through so much, and Absolutely. just to be able to allow yourself to be alive at the end of this is an applaud to him. And that sounds crazy. I seen one person, I saw one one person saying it was being shared on Facebook that a rapist had more sympathy for the, this young man than the police. Than the police did. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's a devastating story. Um, because this young man wasn't even on the police's radar and he all his biggest crime was looking after one of the younger gentlemen that was involved who that was supposedly involved in this. He said he would go to the police station just to look after him, just to make sure he was okay because he didn't want the, the young man's mother to be disappointed in him if he didn't go. Yeah. And then it seemed like everyone just abandoned him. You know, and it, it, it is one of these saddest stories that I've seen told. And it was an ugly truth, and it was a beautiful reimagining. And, I mean, I, I don't mean to say it like that, but it was beautiful that they allowed people in to what they experienced so that hopefully this never happens again. But how many babies are in prison right now because they were railroaded by the police because let's be honest that's exactly what happened um, this this attorney this fairstein lady she should be disbarred and waterboarded um linda <laughs> bed whatever her name is and fairstein i they, i honestly feel like because these men were both all five men were exonerated um, the rapist who actually did it, who the DNA matched, came forward 13 years later and admitted it. And these women had knew that they that these gentlemen hadn't done it. They knew all along. And co- coerced 12 to 16-year-old children to admitting to something without their parents' consent. Had him in the room for 48 hours with no food, no bathroom breaks, just drilling this story, this made-up story into their heads. And what was so telling for me is that before she interviewed the victim, before she had a story or even a fucking timeline, she had already decided that those kids did it. She was yeah. already made it up in her mind that it was those kids that raped that woman. And what's even crazier is that the guy who actually did it, he went on to commit other rapes and nobody ever put it together that this one was connected with the same fucking MO. Like it, I just, I felt like nauseous to my stomach watching it. Um, it, it was the entire case was just a setup for these kids from the beginning um, they they hid evidence. The cops got on the stand, and nobody's stories matched about what actually happened. It, it it's a horrible, horrible story. And I don't care what anybody says. Overall, they got I think um, with their 
settlement against the city and their settlement against the state, they got like $44,000. That's not enough. It's not enough. They just settled with the city of New York in 2014 for $41 million. Yeah, and then the state gave them $3 million, so it was like $44 million right. altogether. Um, it, it, it's still not enough. It's not. What these young men lost. It, they, it's they not. They robbed these babies. They were babies. They stole high school. They stole their parents' lives. They stole the lives of their siblings, their stories. Any future they were going to possibly fucking have, they stole all of that. And $44 million is not going to replace one minute, one second, one iota of what they lost during those years that they were in prison. It's just not. Um, I, it's not something I will watch twice. Um, no, it, it's just not trauma. Um, I'm about to burn some sage right now. Okay, let's move on to another topic. Uh, should single mothers the next topic? Should single mothers get Father's Day cards? No, <laughs> I'm gonna say it. So why not? There's plenty of great fathers out there, and my thing is, even if your father's not in your life, I know you know a great father. Celebrate him on that day. Um, Father's Day is for fathers. Mother's Day is for mothers. And I understand a lot of mothers are playing both roles. But like I said, at the end of the day, if a young man has some kind of positive, as long as he has a positive role model, male role model in his life, celebrate that person. But let's keep Father's Day for the fathers. I you already you only get socks and fucking underwear. You got a 22-ounce steak today. so I, my, my baby treated me good today. <laughs> I, ain't gonna lie. I ate a porterhouse. I've been fading in and out of sleep every time you talk. <laughs> um, I, I actually agree with you. Um, I saw this debate, or I heard this debate, a couple of weeks ago where, you know, women were actually saying, well, I do both roles, so why can't I get a Father's Day card? And I just inherently think that a single mother raising her children, you are not doing both roles. You're being a parent. Yeah, um, you cannot, a woman cannot teach a little boy how to be a man. And it's something great that I heard, and I can't even remember where I heard it from now. This guy said that his mom t- him, I can't teach you how to be a man, but I can teach you how not to be a bitch. Like, and that was, that's about all a woman can do. Like, she can teach you, you know, to open doors and do those things, but she can't inherently teach you the manly things that only a father or a male role model can teach you. So I agree. I do not think that women should be getting um, Father's Day cards, and I don't think that men should be getting Mother's Day cards, because I also did hear uh, an argument for that. So what do you think about that? Men getting Mother's Day cards if they're the sink soul. No, no, no. Leave Father's Day to the father, the Mother's Day to the mothers. Um, I didn't grow up with my father in my life. I had a lot of bumpy roads along the way regarding my growth as a man that I had to go through that it would have been easier if someone would have been there to say, hey, not that's not how you're going to do this. I've been there. I've done that. Do it this way. I didn't have that. I did have great role models. I had good uncles in my life life, who were good role models to me. 
um, and I had a, a, an amazing stepfather. Um, but I once I became older and I went out on my own, I took my bumps and bruises that, you know, I, while I had these men in my life, um, to hear it from my, my dad would have been important to me. But I didn't. I didn't have that. So I took a lot of bumps, bruises, and scrapes that I may have not had. Should I, I may have not taken if he would have been there. And I, it's just certain things, like you said, that a woman just can't teach a man. It's certain it, it, they just can't. You know, you can do everything you can to raise your child the right way, and I'm sure a lot of women do. But it's it's a lot of things that you you're just not gonna be able to show them that the world is gonna teach them, and it's gonna be some harsh realities that he's gonna to have to face. I absolutely agree. Um, I think anybody who is saying that um, a woman should get you know give some Father's Day, I think I think that that's even more confusing to the kid. Like you're just being a parent. Um, whether the other parent chooses to step up or not, you're still not that child's father or mother. Yeah, I I just think that that's like taking it way too far. And like you said, celebrate the men in your life that do do the things that they are supposed to do, or even the men who stepped up and do things that they don't necessarily have to do. Celebrate them. You don't necessarily need to give your mom a Father's Day card. Um, there's other special men in your life, I'm sure. It's raining, man. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell you nobody wants to hear you sing? I definitely hit that note. But on another note, let's move on. Next topic. Next topic that we drew out of the fishbowl for today is the Obamas. They got a podcast on the way. I think it's dope. Um, I love the Obamas as people, and I think it'll be dope depending on what they're talking about, to let people in their lives. What do you think? I agree. I think that, um, I think it's going to be good, but I don't necessarily know that it's going to be like a full-on podcast. When I was reading it, um, so they signed a deal with Spotify for exclusive content to develop, produce, and lend their voices to podcasts. Um, on a range of topics. So I don't necessarily know that they would be doing like a traditional podcast where they sit down every week and have a conversation. Oh. Um, I'm thinking more that it would be... Um, commercials? Please don't let it be commercials. No, not commercials. More like they would um, be... They would produce podcasts of other up-and-coming people. Um, because I was reading, it's going to be produced by their production company, which is called Higher Ground Production, which um, it says that they are founding this to foster new diverse voices in the entertainment business um, and that the programming will encompass lots of original podcasts. So I don't know necessarily that it's just going to be one for them. I think they may be producing through their production company multiple, and then to promote that, maybe they'll be on, on a few of them. I hope so. I, I'd love to hear them, you know, go back and forth with some things on a podcast. I think it'd be dope. Um, Barack and Michelle, holla at us if y'all need somebody to support. Oh, hey, okay. you know, I'm just trying to fill out an application. So tell me where I need to apply and we will definitely. definitely... I'll, even, I'll even stop cussing if you guys give us your support. 
Oh, I'm not gonna stop cursing, but um, I'm probably gonna either. Nigga, nigga, nigga. nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't stop cursing. It's a part of my DNA at this point. So our last and final topic for today. There's an organ bill that's going to allow for the suing of racist 911 callers. I'm all for this. Um, I think that this should be a federal bill, and this should be enacted all around the country because I feel like a lot of police time is wasted um, for children selling lemonade on the corner, people having barbecues, and... um, college students taking naps in their dormitory halls. Like, I I feel like these people should absolutely have to, like, pay a fucking fine or go to racial sensitivity training or something. I agree. And seeing that we pay the police's salary, we probably want to cut back on it because I'm tired of these niggas being in my pockets. Um, <laughs> just being 100. Seriously, though, like, it's ridiculous how many just dumb as verbal disputes that the police have to break up. It's more important shit out here that they should really be focusing on. And to have to focus on some kids selling lemonade or a man selling water on the side of the road because it's fucking 90 degrees outside is just a ridiculous thought. And it signifies dumb, privileged people. I agree. Like, first of all, why is everybody, or not everybody, because I don't give a fuck, but why are people so worried about if you have a seller's permit or not? Like, bitches, you gonna, is you really going to take me to court? Like, what are you, what, what is your point in this, you know, Becky with no, nothing to do besides stand here and get on my fucking nerves all day? Like, I don't, I really don't understand. And why people feel like it's just okay to call the police for non-emergency reasons is beyond me. And that's my thing. Like, And then the conversations they have with the cops when they get there, the fact that they don't see how dumb that fucking conversation is bothers the shit out of me. Absolutely. Like, like, do you know how dumb it sounds coming out of my mouth, me saying, well, she said eliminate without a permit and a little girl's 10 years old? That sounds stupid as shit. That's absolutely traumatizing for the kid, number one. And number two, who cares? It's a kid. Like, I've never known, like, having a lemonade stand has always been, like, a thing for children to do. So when did it become that people started expecting children to go down to the office of, I don't know, internal affairs or wherever the fuck you get lemonade stand permits at and fill out a permission slip for them to sell lemonade? Like, this is crazy. Why didn't we ever have a lemonade stand? Because ain't nobody in our neighborhood have no money for lemonade. What was they going to pay you in, crack? <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah we'd put crack in the lemonade, we probably would have sold it like fucking more. you absolutely right about that. <laughs> <laughs> and all the fees lined up in the neighborhood. I I just, I don't, I don't know, Billy. I I think that this is a good idea. I think that um, more states should absolutely model a law directly after this, and more people should have to pay the cost for filing false police reports because that is actually a crime. So I think it should be a crime to call the police on some bullshit. After having this conversation, I feel like I missed out on not having a lemonade stand as a child. So now you want to go buy a lemonade stand? I kind of do. I feel like our mom wouldn't have supported it anyway. 
I feel no, like she, because she, I feel like she, she, was, likes, she was just wasting lemonade. She like exactly. She likes lemonade a whole lot. So she'd have been pissed that we was out there selling it to other people and running her water bill up. Like, exactly. It wasn't gonna happen, not in our neighborhood. I feel like she was just. I mean, she did say she. Our mom had us. Our mom was was the hood mom. You could tell because instead of having a like growing up doing with a lemonade stand, we were selling chicken plates in school. You remember yeah. the chicken sales, bro? We were selling out. We would set the whole school line up for our mom's chicken. Listen, chicken sales sent me on our eighth grade trip to Toronto, where I met Drake for the first time. The whole school would line up for three chicken wings for a dollar a piece of our mom. Hey, listen, mama's chicken is banging, and if I could have a chicken wing stand right now and sell dollar chicken wings, I would. Shit, y'all, I wish I would include eliminate the least bit of it. <laughs> what is your obsession? I don't know. Like, I feel like you missed out on the whole eliminate stand trend. Oh, my goodness. Well, I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. It's going to be a lemonade stand for you and my nephew so y'all can stand outside in the hot Kentucky heat. It ain't going to work for him. He is sedity and was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. So... Kylan ain't standing in no damn heat. He gonna tell me, grab that lemonade, put some ice in it, let's go swimming. <laughs> you know what? And that's why I love my nephew. So, guys, that is the show for today. Why don't you take us out? All righty. And thank you guys so much for joining us on episode 13 of the Fishbowl Podcast. As always, it is our pleasure, and we do this with you and for you. Um we fucked with y'all the long way, and we will be back in two weeks after this episode. We want to remind you again that we did move to being a bi-weekly podcast. Carry this with you until we meet again. Find your peace in this world.